Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Expert Storyteller Podcast. I am your host, James Cooper, and welcome to the podcast for experts, coaches, and consultants who want to grow their business, increase their impact through powerful storytelling. And as this is episode number 12, uh, we're almost two weeks in now, and uh, I've been, you know, wanting to share with you not only strategies to be more productive, be a better storyteller, uh, navigate your way through this expert journey, but also, you know, share some ideas I had about just life and, and, and living a happier and more fulfilling life. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about today was uh, lessons from my kids. I have two sons. I have a seven-year-old or almost seven. He's six, six years old and two more months, he's going to be seven. And I have a four-year-old. And I mean, I tell you, being a dad uh, and being a stay-at-home dad, is like hands down the biggest, <laughs> the biggest uh, lesson learning uh, journey that I've had. Uh, more so than even my expert's journey is just navigating fatherhood, and uh, it's challenging at times, man. It is really challenging. Um, it takes every ounce of myself uh, to to make sure that I do the best I can as a dad. And um, I love my kids to death. They make me laugh. They make me cry. They make me feel pride and joy as they grow. And they make me so frustrated. Sometimes I want to punch a wall. Um, but, you know, every now and again, I, every now and again, I, I have to stop and take a moment and really look at what they are teaching me, not only as a dad, but as a person. And there are lessons that I think that we forget as adults that children have just mastered. And as we get older, we forget these lessons. And it's glaringly obvious what my kids are trying to teach me as I go through adulthood and not forget the things that are so important in childhood. So I just wanted to share some of those and share some of my thoughts. So here are five lessons from my two boys. And the first one might seem like the most obvious, but it's never been more true. And the first lesson is have fun. I know it sounds obvious, but if you look at kids, kids are always looking for ways to have more fun in anything that they do. You have fun because what's the alternative? If you're not having fun, what else is there? I have a friend of mine who's a friend and a mentor of mine. He once said, if you're, if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. Because there can always be fun in anything that you do. You just have to search for it. And the truth is, is like, when do we learn the most? We learn the most when we're kids. And when do we usually have the most fun? When we're kids. And kids are usually having the most fun. And they're learning the most. There's a connection there. The truth is that when we have fun, the tasks that we're doing seem easier. They tend to go faster. Time seems to fly faster. And we can find the joy in anything that we're doing. The fun can always be found. We just simply have to look for it. And so it's so important that we just have more fun. It's one of the, one of the reasons for living. And so that's lesson number one is have more fun. The second one, this might sound a little strange, but I think it's so true. The second lesson for my children is snack. 
snack all day long. And my dad would cringe at this because my dad was a three square meals a day type of guy. But my mom was a snacker. My mom always had in her purse, she always had an apple. She always had some string cheese or something that she packed for for the day because whenever we were out and about, I'd be like, Mom, I'm hungry. And she always had a snack there, whether it was a little uh, baggie of crackers or an apple or whatever. She always had snacks at the ready. And it's funny, we teach kids to drink water all day long. We try to tell ourselves, tell ourselves, you know, we should be hydrated all day long. Keep hydrated. Drink water. And yet we don't teach our kids to snack because it'll spoil their appetite. And that one, that just never made sense to me. Because think about it. If you're thirsty, it's too late. You're already dehydrated. If you're hungry... It's also too late. Your body is producing stomach acid because there's nothing in there. And your body's screaming for nutrients. You're starting to get tired and lethargic. You need something. Now, I'm not going to go, uh, I'm not going to go into this rabbit hole of glycemic intake and, and ketosis and all these other science things that some of them are just way over my head, but I know I'm aware of them. But just keeping it simple, people who snack often tend to eat less as a whole. They have a more efficient body for burning calories. And when we pack tons of food into a machine three times a day, it makes you lethargic after you eat because your body has to deal with all this nutrients and all these things at once. And so it's better for your body to eat smaller portions multiple times a day. Now, I'm not saying snack on Doritos and, you know, those Oreos or donut, but I am saying that keeping a steady, you know, stream of fruits and nuts and veggie snacks and things that you can keep your body fueled all day long, you'll eat less than you'll, you'll eat less when it comes to dinner time. That's a good thing. And you'll be healthier. So snack all day. My kids are always hungry and we always have snacks and I'm not the type of parent that uh, is like, no, no, don't eat before dinner. No, you're hungry. I'll give you a little snack now and you'll eat dinner as well. So I don't get bent out of shape when my kids don't eat all their dinner. They just eat less and I have leftovers. So snack all day long. The third one is ask questions. A lot of questions. Now, I don't know about you, but I was the why kid when I was little. You know, like, why is the sky blue? Why, how do airplanes fly? You know, what's the biggest dinosaur that ever lived? You know, I was always a curious kid. In fact, I used to, I used to get in trouble because, uh, I got a pair of, I got, I got a little box of tools. I think my uncle got me like a little box of tools when I was a kid and it came with a little Phillips screwdriver and a little flathead screwdriver and a little wrench and like all these tools. They weren't plastic. I mean, they were metal. They were real tools, but it was like a little tiny little kid sized toolkit that had all these little tools in them and I remember my tool getting taken away from me because I was curious about how did the VCR if you remember what a VCR is how did the VCR work how was it possible that you would stick a tape in there and then the machine would take that tape and the movie would be on the TV like how did that happen Like, was it beaming the image to the TV? Like, I didn't understand how this cassette tape thing 
could do it. I was also curious the same thing with, uh, you know, cassette tapes and, and music. How is it possible that this tape, and I can see the tape, I look at the tape, and there's a, you know, a brown strip of whatever, and I put it in the machine, and all of a sudden we're listening to music. Like, it blew my mind. So I remember one time I took my little hand toolkit, and I think it was really early in the morning before anybody woke up, or it might have been when I got home before my dad came home. And I remember taking apart the whole VCR. I literally unscrewed the whole thing. I opened it up, all the wheels. I started taking out the gears. like, And, and I was very surgical about it. Like I put everything in small piles where you know the gears go over here, the screws go over here, the big pieces went over here. I took apart the whole VCR. And my, my dad came in. He was like, what did you do? Like, oh, like he was mortified. I was like... I was like, I just want to see how it works. And he's like, I just don't remember much after that. Like, I, I remember being sent to my room and I remember uh, having my toolkit was in purgatory for a while. But later on, I think they said, I know you're curious and they, we just don't take apart things like that. So when I was a kid, I just, that was one of the memories I have of like when how things worked and wanting to know how things worked got me in trouble. But most of the time, my parents were very uh, supportive of my curiosity. But it's important to ask questions. And I think that as we get older, we feel like we have to just know it. We just, we're supposed to just know how things work and not ask. And that can get us in trouble sometimes. Also, I think asking a lot of questions just constantly feeds that sense of creativity that you have. You know, my kids are always asking me questions, always. Again, they're, they're, they're six and four, so they're very curious at this age. And uh, when I don't know the questions, they ask me to ask Siri, <laughs> which uh, is a sign of the times. You know, well, ask Siri. If you don't know, ask Siri, because Siri knows. <laughs> so um, they're always curious, and that's a great thing. So ask questions often. If you don't know how to do something, ask somebody, you know find out the answers. I think creativity spawns that, um, your, it, it just, it, it, it evokes that sense of problem solving, which we need as experts and consultants. Cause that's what we do. We're problem solvers. Any coach or consultant, we're problem solvers. And most of the times the clients come to us with a problem that we already know how to fix, but there's always going to be small nuances and you got to be able to understand when to tap into your learning mode so that you can better understand your clients, so you can better understand how to solve certain things. And it's a skill that we should never stop developing. So I, I love my kids' uh, creativity and their curiosity, and they're always asking questions, and I never, ever want them to stop. So lesson number three is ask questions. Number four, play daily. Now, I know that sounds a lot like number one of have fun, but it's not. Playing and having fun are two separate things. Having fun requires that you tap into your creativity and intelligence to find joy in what you're doing. But the doing can be tasks that you don't really want to do, but that have to get done. You know, doing your homework is not something that my kids love doing. My kids don't love homework or my other son because... Um, my younger is too old to really have homework, but my other kids and my older is in first grade. So he has homework. He hates homework, but we try to tap into the creativity and the fun on doing your homework. So having fun 
is tapping into your creativity to find the joy in what you're doing. But play has really no other outcome other than play. It has really no other outcome than, than being joyful and enjoying what you're doing just to have fun. My kids love to play. And whether it's going to the park or playing board games or Legos or putting on Halloween costumes and chasing each other around the house, it's just play. And as human beings, we need to play. But for whatever reason, as we get older, we forget how to play. And my kids, I'm, I work at my desk and my kids are constantly like, when are you going to take a break? When can you, you know, it's like, I want to play. And it's sometimes it's like, oh, I got to get this done. But whenever they say, I want to play, I can't always immediately stop my task, but then I set a timer and it's okay, we're going to set a timer. And then as soon as uh, this timer goes off, it's playtime. And it's important, at least it is to me, to look at the interruption as a sign that maybe it's time to take a play break. Now, I don't know if you have kids, maybe you don't have kids, or maybe your kids are grown up. But find time to get out or stay in and play for at least an hour a day. It keeps you young. It keeps you healthier. It reminds you, it reminds me personally to go to the gym because my kids exhaust me sometimes and I'm like, I'm out of shape. I got to go to the gym more often. So playtime is good. It's really important. And as adults, we forget to play. You got to play. Um, so that's lesson number four, play daily. So recapping, and we have one more. Have fun, snack all day long, ask questions, play daily. And number five, I know you're going to get all sentimental on this, but say I love you. And also say why. Now, this is one we take for granted. People say I love you all the time. How often do they really mean it? How often is it just going through the motions of saying I love you because you feel that you're supposed to say I love you because there are people that you are in your life, their family, their your your lover, your partner, your uh, your kids that, you know, of course you say I love you. But often it just is words. It's just a force of habit, even though you really do care. Now, Alex and I both love our kids, but we also let them know what specifically we love about them. She would put little love notes on their doors and they say, I love that. And then something about them. You know, I'm going to read some, I'm going to read one, a couple of these right now on their door. Let's see. It says, I love when you sing in the car. I love how you make people laugh. I love that you're a good big brother. I love when you're a really good listener. I love when, what does it say? I love all the cool, neat Lego creations you think up. I love your dance moves. I mean, these are all things that we tell our kids we love about them and they know it. And so it's important to be specific when you say I love you. So it's not just words, you know, a real compliment. And in turn, our kids do the same thing for us. You know, I love you, Papa. Thank you so much when you play with me. I love when you play with me. Or I love you. You're so funny. Or I love you. Thank you for making us dinner. I think it's important that we give ourselves and our brain winning strategies. When people know what they did in receiving love, they want to do that thing more often. 
And we're more motivated as human beings long term, we're more motivated by the carrot than we are the stick. And I don't know if you know the, the, uh, the book, The Five Love Languages. The author escapes me at the moment, but you can easily Amazon the, the five love languages. It's so important to know your, your kid's love language, you know, and your partner's love language and your families, you know, different members of your family know what their love language is because we tend to just, I, I don't, uh, I don't want to go into deep love languages right now, but it's just very basic. We usually give love the way we like receiving love. So whether it's, we like to hear it like words of affection, whether we like, you know, physical touch, a hug or a kiss, or whether we like quality time where it's just you and that person, or whether it's, um, uh, you know, acts of service when you do things for somebody or when you uh, do gifts, like it could be something that you bought or it could be something that you made for them. Like we all have different love languages, the way we know that somebody loves us. And we tend to give love the way we like to receive it, but the way we, the way that person receives it might not be the way you're giving it. And so you kind of miss each other's love languages. Great book. I would highly recommend it. I'll talk about it in another uh, podcast episode, but it's easier to meet our kids needs knowing what their love language is. And they also meet mine. So it's important that we're always loving our kids, but it's also that we let them know what we love about them. Because, you know, they're going to discover, they're going to be their own people. And it's amazing, you know, at six and four, like how different they are as people and how they're developing into human beings. And they're going to discover their own strengths as they get older. But as they're growing, it's important to encourage them along the way. So... So say I love you, but also, you know, at least every once in a while, tell somebody what they love about them. And that's something that uh, my kids are are habitually doing now um, when they say I love you is that they're also usually unconsciously, they just say it. They say, I love when you do this, or I love that about you, because we're doing it all the time with them. So, you know, and what parent doesn't love to hear I love you from their kid? So... Five lessons for my kids. They're very simple, but they're very important. And with all the stuff that we feel like we have to do in life and do for our business, it's so important to remember who we need to be and to be that person more often. So that's it for today's episode. This is episode number 12. And uh, thanks for listening. And you can always reach me at james at jamescooperfilms.com where you can subscribe to... Uh, my blog, which is uh, medium.com forward slash the expert storyteller. Have a great day and I will talk to you in the next one.